0: The Legal Entrepreneurs Podcast with Reviewed and Cleared. Hello, it's David Burgess here from Reviewed and Cleared. I'm with Alex Aldridge from Legal Cheek. We're here to talk about legal entrepreneurs. Hi, Alex. Hi, David. How's things?
1: Good, Good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. So, uh, as you know, we're talking to people within the legal... um, Legal industry who have gone beyond being a partner, gone beyond being an associate, decided to do something different and create a business around the law, but but doing it differently. And, they, and we thought Legal Cheek would be a perfect place to start. Um, so, if you could just give us a quick summary of the business, the your size, your your staff, where where you are, and what you do, that would be great.
1: Okay, so yeah, so Legal Cheek has been running since 2011, so um, seven years. Um, and we're now four full-time members of staff and um, two regular freelancers. Um, We've also kind of got a wider network of freelancers. And then on top of that we've got uh, 60 um, student campus ambassadors at universities around the UK. And our focus is on news. So we're we're a news website for particularly aimed at law students and junior lawyers. and um, but we also do a lot of careers advice kind of insider market insight so we've got um, you know about 150 um, law firm and um, barrister chambers profiles with all kind of insider information about what it's like to work there um, and we've, all, we've also got 100 profiles of law schools so GDL, LPC, BPTC providers again all the information of what it's like to work there so it's, it's kind of that that combination of news, industry insight, as I said, particularly aimed at law students and junior ones. And with your day,
0: what what do you what do you do on a normal day? I mean, it sounds like a lot of setting up that business. So, if you want to talk about how how it evolved into where you are and, and, and what yeah. what you what you do on a day to day basis.
1: Okay, so, so so I suppose I should also clarify this point. So, although I studied law. I've never actually been a lawyer. I never became a lawyer. So um, I studied law, I went into journalism, worked as a journalist for uh, five or six years, and then I, I started Legal Cheek. Um, initially in the early days of Legal Cheek, and this sort of ties into what I'm doing on my, my regular day. But um, initi- But
0: did you, did you always have an interest in law? Um, Why did you study law?
1: Basically, because I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. So So I, did, I was an English graduate, like every other. Life um, I was an English graduate, English, and, and then I, I, I um, you know, I sort of just bummed around for a few years and, and doing various things. And you know, you kind of get to the point in these sort of late twenties. You think, God, what am I going to do? So I did a law conversion course, <laughs> and but I, I was never. I mean, I was interested in the law.
0: How um, quickly on the conversion course did you realise you didn't want to be a solicitor?
1: No, I know. I mean, it, it, it did take it, it, it did take me a while. It, I mean, it was a gradual process yeah. of, of realising. Um, but it was it, I, the thing is, before that, I'd been I'd, I'd been writing stuff already, and I'd been trying to get into journalism with not a great deal of success. So. Writing about the law kind of gave me a way in, yeah, Um, and that that was really when I started getting stuff published, and so you know suddenly had a kind of theme and a specialty to write about, yeah. Um, So so yeah, so when when I started Legal Cheek, it was, I was I was at the time I was I was writing a column, a weekly column for the Guardian's law section, and I was also the um, UK correspondent of a US legal website called Above the Law, which is a big site in the US and so Legal Cheek at that point was it actually started as partly as a podcast so and then then it quickly extended as it needed to be kind of news to put around the the um, podcasts but it was it was very much in that initial phase it was kind of like this kind of hobby on top of other stuff that I was doing and it it then kind of quickly gained momentum and really with kind of social media people were really reading it so you know I've actually been into blogging for quite a while before that I'd been in the kind of legal blogging scene for for quite a while and there was a problem with the original legal blogging in that it just wasn't getting read it was just a, like a little community of sort of people backslapping slapping each other and and whereas Twitter came along and suddenly you could get your content out a much much wider audience yeah. and so LegalCheek really benefited from that and at that point my my you know we we my day was just Writing articles, I, I was the only person. I was just like getting loads of news. Um, where, where, getting, we, where were you physically sat while you're doing this? I was, I was, um, I was based in my flat. Okay, That's where I was Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, didn't have an office or anything. Yeah. And um, and. Um, it, it, and there was a lot of stuff that was coming out through Twitter that that just wasn't getting reported. It was in that early phase of Twitter where journalists kind of looked at Twitter and thought, "Well, oh, we don't kind of do that kind of story. That's not proper stuff." But but legal lawyers were just putting all sorts of crazy stuff out there on Twitter. So I got loads of great stories that the conventional legal press wouldn't touch. I mean, oh, this is lawyers making idiots themselves, yes. saying stupid and that, stuff. And that's how it got going. So it was there was a, an early story in in the early days. It was a battle of the top qcs and it was t- John Cooper QC and Kirsty Brimelow QC and they just had this massive bust up on twitter and they it was like they forgot it was in a public space <laughs> and they were just throwing everything at each other and i was just sitting there screenshot screenshot wow this th- and this was before you could actually embed the tweets but obviously anyway I just, and i and it was just and of course like no, no you know like the traditional legal publications they weren't they weren't. Um, they wouldn't touch this. They didn't sort of see it as appropriate to yes, touch this stuff. Yes. Actually, that was what everyone wanted to read about, and that was an incredibly popular story. Kirsty Brimelow completely freaked out about it and blocked me on Twitter. But and and but ultimately, you know, she doesn't do that anymore, and she learned from her mistake. And those were wonderful stories. And that is really reporting those kind of stories for like two years was really how Legal Cheek got traction. Yeah, and then. <clears throat> I managed to cobble enough money to take on initially it was sort of work experience, students, but then it was um, to, to take on Tom, who's now the editor of the site. But he so he came in on work experience, and then he came in on a sort of you know, you know, kind of initially it was I managed to get enough to employ him on a you know very much a basic contract, and then. But
0: well, that, that's this is what I'm interested in now. So this is yeah. this is the difficulty I, I've faced. So it's fine, you know, you work in your flat. And, uh, this is a big. This is more than just cobbled. This, how I'm, I want to know how you did this. This is yeah. step by step from the from conception, or okay. you, you're your one yeah. night when you're working at midnight and you realise you need it, through to getting him sitting next to you doing it.
1: Yeah, no as so I put I put an ad on because we do we do this like morning roundup thing, so I put an ad. On.
0: had you got to the point where you just couldn't cope anymore? No, it wasn't that. Or you well, had it? Like, a...
1: No, I was just conscious that the way it was developing was it was clear where the market was was students because they were the people who used, young people were using social media yeah more than older people and i was conscious that it wasn't just twitter there was a lot on other social networks and i was conscious that i was getting older and i wasn't i was good on twitter but i wasn't i needed some younger person um i needed some of that influence to help Build it, and it wasn't like I just couldn't handle the work because I, I was I was quite self-contained. Yeah. It was like if it's going to get bigger, I'm going to have to take people on, and I need someone.
0: So it was a desire for growth, and you saw a skill gap.
1: Yeah, it's a skill gap. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you put an advert out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, no. And he he responded to it, and we'd had a, I'd had a few work experience students doing bits and bobs, and they were none of them were that great. Are
0: they journalism students or law students?
1: A, a mixture of both, okay. but some mainly sort of law with a bit of journalism back experience too. And and a lot of them had like good CVs and everything, and they are good on paper, but just just not great. You no. know, they didn't really just very slow and just, just didn't add much. Whereas, whereas whereas Tom just just got social media, and he was just a lot better than than them. And so I was just like, yeah, but, but, you know, well, not in a conventional way, but he just, you just intuit, you know, he's good at that. So yeah, so I just, um, I thought I've got to do this. I've got to figure out a way to, 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 to take him on. And I, I managed, I managed
0: it. So how, I mean, how, I mean, do you, you, you well, was a regular fine. employee or a consultant or a, yeah, you signed yeah. him up on an employment contract.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, um, so it's a
0: big commitment
1: yeah it, it, that was a big step yeah that was a big step um and then it, but it, was, it was it was totally it was worth it but it, it didn't it didn't reduce my work. it probably increased my workload um um but you know he was he was coming here you know he's coming to my flat every day to work okay. and stuff so it was all you know it was a bit <laughs> and it, but it was like um it because then you also got responsibility for sort of training someone up but yep. then they're adding a lot and you know when you're just working by yourself you sort of can just not get dressed at all yeah and then suddenly you've got someone who's kind of coming to your flat address, so you've kind of got to get <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously I was always getting up early because I was putting out a morning roundup of stories and I was always but it was it kind of so it, it was good in lots of ways but it, it kind of took it up a notch and it was and then and that made me commit to it more yes and then actually after a, f- a few months that was going so well that I managed to get um, Jonathan Ames who now works for The Times Um. And he, he's, you know, he's a well-known journalist, Jonathan. And he 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 was used to be the editor of the Law Society Gazette. Yes. And I, he was freelance.
0: Well, yeah. he went out with Amber when I was uh, at Shillings. Yeah, so, yeah, So so
1: so and, so and and I knew Jonathan was doing a lot of kind of like PR consultancy work and stuff. And it was just a bit boring. And I, and I met him on this press trip to India in two thousand and nine, and we got on really well. And and so. I thought he might just want something a bit more fun, cause, and, and just and Jonathan was 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 up for it, and so Jonathan started coming around to my flat as well, like um, three days a week. He's a Big
0: guy, How's, how how did he even be- <laughs> well,
1: no, fit? Yeah, ma- See, this was it was this room was not like, but we had this massive table here. You just couldn't. It was. It's like you know, you know my, my wife was like so pleased when we managed to get an he was, <laughs> it was getting, you know that these sort of two guys coming every day yeah. morning to a flight you know she's going off to work and everything it's it, but 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 yeah so jonathan and jonathan did three days a week and again he did it at a very reasonable rate you know he wasn't an employee he was just on a sort of freelance yeah. deal and then um and he took he trained tom he started sort of training up tom and they they were great working together because jonathan's very much old school wasn't into social media but a great journalist it was tom totally in social media so they were a great partnership
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that freed me up so they, they were in here and i was in the kitchen doing like all the sort of firm and the chambers profiles yeah of like uh, you know that bit of the site i mentioned was good and i was building that up and doing the sales and doing deals with law firms and, and everything. So
0: you'd very quickly turned from a journalist into a business person?
1: Well, I was sort of doing everything. You're right. I was doing everything. So, But, yeah, no, I was still editing the site two days a week when Jonathan wasn't there. Yeah. And, and also I was having to then kind of just give him a bit of a steer. But, but I, I, I quickly kind of let go of that. But, yeah, no, I was just doing everything. Yeah. And that, that was fine, you know. I, th- I think you can... You know, people say, oh, you, you know, you don't have to you've got to have this skill you've got to do this training course mostly you can just figure out yeah how to do stuff yes um and, and and then and then doing that I got enough money to get an office and like a
0: now is that from profit or was that from investors no no no
1: it's all all, all profit. from profit yeah
0: so then you I'm
1: not talking big profit. No, no, I know.
0: But, yeah, like but uh, I mean we're talking about people uh, this this podcast is really for people who are thinking about it and one yeah. for me one of the things I only was able to start reviewing clear because I sold my house and I took out some money to do that. So we're talk- I I, I want to hit these people who don't have these funds. Yeah. Um so it was from profit you then took a lease
1: on an office yeah but it, I mean we just it was just sort of month by month yeah. deal and it didn't have any windows and it was you know the first office. I think it was like six hundred quid a month. But I mean, it, you know, it's still you know it's a commitment. But then I've got used to having commitment of employees, and so you, you know you kind of braced for it yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the cheapest office. We we moved to a better one with a window. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but um, and um. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it was that—that that was um, based on the to the the, mo- the money was coming from deep. law firms. Were signing because it got, it got really popular. It, I mean, it's, now it's extremely popular, but at the time it was kind of under the surface. But this, the the readership levels were really, really high, yeah. and they were higher than all like the rival student law publications. So. It was, I was able to go into like a top law firms and say, "Well, look at," and they all knew it because like the students on their vaccine stuff were all talking about it. Okay, and 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 we had like way more social media followers and, and and readers than all the other titles, so I could just go in with these stats, and they would.
0: So the firms knew you had a good product.
1: Yeah, okay. and and they and and. So I was able to do these deals with them where they would sign up for a year and they'd get some sponsored editorial, they'd do an event with us, they'd get an enhanced profile, which I worked on creating all these profiles. And and so through these kind of corporate deals, I managed to get like good blocks of of money to, to cover. I mean, myself, I was earning very little, but I was earning enough to live. I still had sort of freelance gigs in the background, so I've, I only got rid of them after... A, like three or four years, so okay. the thing that actually sustained me in the early years was um, a deal that I had um, t- to help, um, so it's so obviously I had the Guardian and I had Above the Law but I mean they were not paying very well, but I had a deal with um, to create this kind of um, thing called the Future Lawyers Network which was run by a law school. Um, and I was kind of a consultant on that. And so had had these... And I had, like, sort of freelance copywriting things for corporate law firms, which some, you know... So I had enough just to kind of sustain me. And I only let go of that stuff after about three or four years. It was only pure legal cheek. Yeah. So... And I was constantly dipping into what I was earning to, like, fund paying for other people. and But, you know, I, I didn't have any kids. So that was a, a, a big element yeah. for me.
0: Yeah So we, we, We've sort of covered I wanted to talk about inspiration But we've sort of covered Yours was le- you, There was no moment of inspiration for you Was it? Or was it just It sounds like when you just realised You could hit more people through Twitter That you decided that you could uh, There was no light bulb moment but I, It doesn't sound like it Or would you say there was? No there,
1: there was a bit There's a sort of like different ones Yeah Because I think one thing of like well, you know this, like, building up a business, it's, it's really gritty, right? Yes. And, like, the idea of it, of just, like, this, oh, you have this great thing, and it's And
0: then like, suddenly you're running it, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not like that. No. It's like you're just, like, grinding out these small victories and, like, quite a few losses as well. Yeah. And a lot of it is you have, like, terrible spells, and, you know, in the early days, I certainly had spells when you just sometimes would just wake up in the morning and I'd just think, what the hell am I doing? You know, like, it was just, you know, really, like... S- struggling to get through the day like, there was one time when i was like doing it and i had been you know because when you do it by yourself like sometimes i'll go for like weeks without speaking to
0: people. yeah i went pretty strange when i first started reviewing clients were getting the rundown of what was happening in my house um because it's something you have to contend with when you start working on your own yeah you'd go a bit weird oh. um yeah um <laughs> So was...
1: just on the light bulb moment though but if there was a moment i did have one strange thing when i was like i was working at i was at legal week where i was the uh, um associate editor um and 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 i was just basically sort of had this day and i was just like just all hit me of like i didn't want to be there i didn't want to be have my boss's job and i, I was writing these really long features that i like five thousand word features that i hated doing and And I was just, you know, I was what was at that point, I was like 32 and I was just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I had this day of just like, they were based in Soho and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just got out, I went out and I just walked around for like all day and everyone was like, where's he gone? They didn't know where I was. And I was just, it was almost like. Oh, so a proper like sort of semi breakdown day. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I just sort of wanted to, I like wanted to like smash something up or like chuck my computer through a window or something i just it all just i was just like i cannot i was like what am i doing with my life you know i was like if i keep doing this this is just not how i want to this is not what i want yeah and i just knew like i just had to leave and like i didn't have anything to go to or i just didn't know what the hell i was doing and and that was and then and I, I left like a day after or something very soon
0: so what was that first day of panic when you're sitting in your pajamas in your living room
1: <sighs> that wasn't you see that wasn't a first day of panic because I'd already been working on a sort of semi freelance okay. basis okay. already yeah so I, I was used to doing that it was more like two years on or a year putting up you know a year on and you're really struggling and, and like you know like people are laughing at you like so like my old colleagues and stuff the first year of legal cheap was not impressive so it looked terrible and, you know, it was actually, it was getting read, but it, the design of it was poor and some of the stories I really missed the mark on. Some of them I really got, um, y- y- yeah, I was just so desperate for stories because I had this rule I've got to publish. Anyway, so but, so the, re- the result of that, I'd publish some stuff which I would re- I regret. And, you know, you just have those days of just like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Just like, they, they were the... I didn't I actually didn't know what else I was gonna do, so I thought you know just may as well keep going. And then every now and then I'd get a win, and then, and that would be a real buzz, and that would keep me going.
0: So do you remember your first win, <sighs> or any win?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like good exclusives. Get you know good just a good exclusive story that yeah. would come to you or a good. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this blogger writing for us about. Ocu- or could uh, Occupy the ends Of a, like Occupying the ends Of a in the Occupy Movement like 2011 And like that was Got all picked up Very widely and that okay. was like A big win
0: And every Every time Something's picked up In the nationals Or in the legal press I presume your readership Goes up
1: Not, not but Yeah Like it, it Not massively As you'd expect no. From that but it's it's just the getting. It's it's sort of the, the
0: incremental gain. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. What that your stuff's being picked up by the nationals?
1: Yeah, it gives it gives everyone a psychological yeah. boost.
0: Yeah, I know it's, the tab when they were starting out with the same.
1: Yeah,
0: they were marking their success by stuff being picked up by the nationals. But now it's different. They don't yeah. really care. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. I, I think I still care, but yeah.
0: I guess it's a nice affirmation. You're doing something right.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, like totally. And in, in the early days, it's, it's huge. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, did you have any inspirations for who you doing for for what you were doing? Have you had any inspirations through it? Have you, did you have a mentor? Have you had anybody to bounce ideas off, or has it all been you?
1: Uh, a, a bit. So, like, Jonathan was a great sort of sort of support, Jonathan Ames, during that early phase, like, he was, you know, he's, like, came in and he, I remember the first day he just answered the phone, legal cheek, and it was like, ah, oh, this is a, because we'd always kind of been, a oh, hello, you know, we just, like, yeah, like, right, he's like no, this is a thing, this is a thing, and, you know, that that sort of attitude, that, I remember, like, you know, that was really good. The, another guy's helped me is, like, like, Nigel Savage, used to be in charge of the University of Law. OK. And so he's, like, he kind of flipped a lot of kind of consultancy work my way to sustain me in the early years, which wasn't related to Legal Cheap, but it was stuff that I could do relatively easily. Yeah. And it was for decent money, which which kind of enabled, supported me in the early days. Yeah. He, he totally didn't have to give me. Um... And then I think above the law, like the U.S. site that I used to work for, which um, is, is very big in the U.S., it's, like, it's quite like Legal Cheek. And just seeing how they worked, like it was so much more efficient than the U.K. places that I'd worked for.
0: Did you go over to their
1: offices? And no, I've never have no, no. never been to their offices, but you just, like, you just got to log into their site and you had to upload your content onto their site and put all the hyperlinks in and write your own headlines and like, it was just like, you know that at uh, places I'd worked in the UK that just had to, that stuff would just have to go through a million people yeah and it would, whereas they just had no time for that and actually the, uh, they were producing higher quality stuff than the UK things and you just thought oh, that is the way to do it
0: see as a clearance lawyer that makes me feel very nervous though okay, <laughs> okay. journalists just uploading straight no 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 god no
1: <laughs> no but it wasn't getting published okay <laughs> okay saving okay. As a draft thank god for that saving it as a
0: draft yeah <laughs> 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 <Good laughs> So we've talked about how you financed it, which sounds like it was just sort of on a day-by-day basis and work around. And
1: it was originally, it was my freelance work, yeah, it was a hobby, and then gradually it came to support itself, and it came out of that. Yeah, I had a good freelance basis.
0: And you've got four people with you now, employed. Employed. Mm-hmm. Does it does it weigh heavily on you? Do you worry about them? How is it? What's it like going from just you? in your front room to being an employee employer in an office is, is...
1: yeah I mean I think yeah I mean I like I, they're, they're young so, so it's like you want you want to bring them on yeah give them skills the great thing for them cuz I always say to them I'd, I wish I was you I wish I was I wish I was you you like they're like 22 they've got great it is a great job yeah they get loads of responsibility but they get loads of responsibility that's the thing yeah and when they come in initially plus someone, they're working
0: in a cool part of town
1: no it's cool it's like you're yeah, in like Paris it's a nice office just up, you know and, and they've it's an amazing job and and but they get loads of responsibility and, and I think initially that's just a, you've got to you've kind of got to get um, got to get up to speed because I think a lot of students come out of uni and they're just like you know you can just do nothing at uni just cruise to get a 2-1 degree yeah write kind of like half-assed essays that you think no <laughs> one will read and with it, you know just a cheat or just skims and you're just in this bit of it whereas you come in and you suddenly it's like well write this new story this is going up now but you know and they and they or you know you should be the editor's going to give it a bit of an edit but it's up to you it's your responsibility and that's i think that's so so but that's a nice thing of training them because i think they thrive on that responsibility mm-hmm. um and um yeah i mean you, you, you know I don't worry about it too much because I think I mean the business is going really well and I think um, and, I th- and I and it, I've got I've got used to that sort of responsibility and I think yeah yeah I, yeah I,
0: I like I like it I think if anything Do you like the see this this will. This is going to... On the other podcast, we'll probably talk about a bit more, but you've gone from... What do you describe yourself as? Are you a journalist or are you a businessman? Or are you yeah, a mix both, of both? A, both, both. Yeah. Um, which is more fun for you now? Like Both the same.
1: Both, but the one thing that does... I mean, this is... A bit, when you... It does conflict your, your role a bit, I suppose, being, being when you're sort of doing the business side versus doing the journalism... And because as a, as a business side, right, you've got to be all like nice and friendly, yes, and like everyone's best mate to yes. a certain extent. Whereas on the journalism side, you're like, well, this is the way it is, this is the truth, and sort of saying controversial <laughs> things or saying things that people don't want to hear, breaking stories that are a bit awkward, and yeah, that can that, can, that there, is a, there is a bit of a conflict there. Have you,
0: I don't, don't want to talk about individuals, but say, for example, someone was feeding you work. And then you had a fantastic story on them. Have you ever had to deal with that situation?
1: And that's why I've removed myself from the editorial. So okay. Tom is the editor now.
0: So you can say to clients, "Listen, I have to remain impartial here. I'll do everything I can to keep your business, but it's not going to affect the journalism yeah, at all." Yeah, it's not my call. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: And that, part I mean, part of that is the way. That, so we're working with reviewed and cleared. In that, we've got, you know, Tom, who's come in as a student doing work experience. Five years, he's worked his way up and he's the editor right he's running the whole site just like Jonathan Ames was yeah and he's now making sophisticated judgment c- calls on, on stories and but then he's got the support of um, Alex Wade who reviewed and cleared when he needs it yeah and that that's a great model, for, and and so for me, I can just stay out of it. But of course, you know, I, I am a journey, so I like to know what's going on, and I'm always curious and everything. But but yeah, I mean, I can I can I'm am separate enough.
0: You you feel comfortable with that? Um. Now, are you happy? Oh, well, I don't necessarily want to talk about mistakes, but anything you wish you'd taken done differently, or wish you'd taken a safer option, is there any is there any crossroads you've seen where you think? Should have done, been a bit more bold there. I should have taken a bigger risk.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have little things like that where you sort of look back and you think, if you were doing that now, yeah, you would do it differently. But then, at the time, you've got a lot much less info, and you just kind of go in on the basis of of what you've got. Yeah. I think in a, I think perhaps in the early days one one thing that i've had i've noticed is like when you start a business and you decide to really go for it and that means really go for it and commit to it and do it goodwill comes your way P- people can be surprisingly kind i completely you, agree with that like more than you expect I really it's like and 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 like i it's like it sort of showed me like the world was like a better place than i thought it was perhaps because and, and I think sometimes, perhaps in the early days I was kind of so aggressive about getting stories and getting this, and just to survive is so hard. and actually, when I look back at it, perhaps I, I didn't need to be quite as aggressive in that sense because some of the nice things that people did for me, like just weird stuff that you just don't expect, like you, there's a lot of support in sort of society for like entrepreneurs yes and and like people think. You know, it's something, And it comes from sources you don't expect, like people who you think, oh, they're not going to like. That actually can be... Not, it's not everyone, but there's a lot of pleasant surprises.
0: People are always interested in it when you're doing it, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first started, Sean McTurnan, who's now one of uh, Reviewed and Cleared Lawyers, he, he he ran his own business, and he rang me and said, oh, do you know what, I've got this programme, it's a daily show, do you want in on it, I know you've just started up. Now I hadn't spoken to Sean for months and months, but people were sort of... I, I don't know whether you feel it People, people are sort of They respect that you're yeah. taking the risk Yeah
1: definitely
0: And it's either through Oh I've done that and I know how hard it is Or I wish I'd done that but Fair play to him I'll do what I can That yeah. seems to be the. There the, the, the seems to be nothing but goodwill I didn't have anyone going I think I had one law, in-house lawyer At the new, a newspaper saying You're brave aren't you mm. And that was the most negative thing I'd yeah. heard but, it, but otherwise, it's overwhelmingly positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think there's a part of society that just wants to kind of help foster new stuff. Yeah. And so, and and that's what you don't realise that you, you obviously you can't map it out and say, well, plan for it. But it's this kind of force that's there, which is which which is that's yeah. yeah.
0: So, so now I want to take you on to li- life and being a business. So, um, how has running this business changed you? Your family life, your your relations with your your wife and with your family, and just I don't know, going to the gym or. Hobbies and that sort of
1: thing. I mean, it's totally changed my life. The whole thing. I wasn't. I've only I only got married like the other week. So okay, know. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a new thing. But but um, but yeah. I mean, it, it, it basically for me, it changed everything. Like it um, it it ended a relationship that I was in at the beginning because I just decided to commit and focus on this so
0: uh, you ended the relationship because of that or, no I
1: didn't or... it, it, it brought about the the end of that it was only at the very beginning but it was because uh, basically I decided I wanted to focus on something and it just showed that just, you know you just realise you've got different values and then and then and then at that point it just like the way I lived so I stopped I stopped drinking that was a big thing for me in that I realised I could save a lot of time by like not been hungover yeah. a lot of people waste a lot of time true. being hungover so well when you're in a job
0: um, i you, mean i remember one, my fridays at mtv were hangover day watching watching american programs with a bacon sandwich in a, in a dark studio now I, I feel like i'm cheating myself now if i do that
1: yeah you can but you could loads of people are like sort of limited by alcohol it just drags them down a bit yeah so i was like so i basically so i stopped I mean, I'd have the old glass of wine and the beer, but I, I just was very little alcohol, and so that gave me more, a lot more, and also the psychological effect of hangovers. When you get rid of that, it just gives you a real all-round boost. Yeah, and so so you're teetotal now. I'm not teetotal, but you just don't drink. I mean, research. I have a glass of wine. I not, but I just, I just was like, I could. I just thought that's one of the things that pulls a lot of people down, and it was definitely pulling me down. So that is a big thing that changed, and then the other thing was so i worked more so i'd like i i worked one i just had one day at the weekend rather than two and and i could do that because um i was just so dedicated to it but you know like and then and then and then I, quite early on like i met who's now my wife through legal cheek who and there's obviously you still sort of, suppose, i suppose i sort of look you sort of, you know <coughs> because you got you're very invested in what you're doing and you kind of early on I had a lot of satisfaction in it although it was tough sometimes in the other days and so I suppose you start to project a a different vibe and so for me that was great because it meant I could I met someone who like I fell in love with and got married to and she completely understands this sort of version of myself that is doing this.
0: So you've always been Alex at legal cheek to her you have exactly, you never yeah. saw the transition
1: yeah yeah so before i was i was really quite different like i was much more less responsible and just lazier and just just a bit kind of more kind of cynical and quite kind of
0: so the headline here would be starting a business made me better <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it's different. You have different, you have different versions of yourself. <laughs> Made me I, a better me. I don't know if I'd want to be this version of... I I like this me. It's good for where I am now. But maybe in your 20s, you you want to just go and have a bit of fun. Yeah. And be a bit reckless and everything. I think people who start businesses, like in their 20s, especially in their early 20s, often think, God, well, you know, where's this sort of fun? You need some time to just be a bit wild. And yeah. Reckless. But... But yeah, no, it's good when you've got something like you know, because a lot of people just have jobs and they just don't really care about the job, and it's just everyone—they're just very cynical, aren't they? It's yes. just like life shit, job shit, drink because that's the sort of way that makes me feel better, yeah. And just whereas whereas this is sort of it's almost a bit born again because you've got you do something that you believe in, and you don't feel like shit about everything. You think, okay, yeah, the world's alright, yeah. And and then and then so with that you sort of don't want to be. It's not just the energy, but you don't want to be drinking that much. You don't really want... You want to be clear. You want to be clear-headed. You're always thinking about stuff. You're always
0: thinking about... I expend a lot less negative energy worrying about where my career was going. I mean, I spent years under head legal where I wanted to be the head of legal, and it that was all negative energy. And I think now that's gone, everything is... There's no blockages. The only blockages are, is things you put in yourself. Mm. I feel a lot more freedom to just do whatever I think is the best thing to do. Mm. I think that's probably one of the biggest.
1: Yeah, free. Yeah, freedom. Control.
0: There's nobody stopping you. Like you said, that was really interesting when you said, "I was looking at my boss and realised they didn't want their job." Mm. I mean, that if that if that's not a time to leave a job, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I, I, I don't know whether you have it, but I never have that anymore. I never look at someone and think. I now look for positive role models and positive influences to emulate or copy, I suppose. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. It's, like, much more positive energy, much more. But I think the downside is, like, it's like it's the stress. Yeah. And you've got your baby that you want to protect the whole time and you're, like, always thinking about it and it can be, like, a little bit obsessive. So you know and it's much harder to switch off there is a trade off yes. it's a lot of positive energy and it's it's a, it's a great way to live I think it is a great way to live but it's it, you, you know you're, you're sort of always on that's the curse yes of it
0: yeah mm. and what about the future for Legal Cheek
1: well that, I think that's that's an exciting thing about building a business because right, you, you get going you, it works you get it going you think okay now what can I do with it and and that's 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 quite interesting, isn't it? Because you you've got to kind of stay. It's a good incentive. You've got to kind of stay with it and stay cutting edge, and you not get complacent. Because obviously you, you get competitive. You get this phase where you, you've done, what initially everyone's just like what what the hell are you doing? And then you get this phase where oh that's quite impressive. Right? And then and obviously people start copying you and emulating you, and you, so you've got competition. You're fighting off competition, and yeah. the bigger boys start to sort of try and do what you're doing. And so that I mean that means you've got to be stay on the edge and like. Innovate, you know, everyone's going on about innovation at the moment, but that is the nature of a small business. You've got to always be thinking about what's the next. Thing, yeah. What's next? And that that's good in it? it keeps you sharp. <laughs> the, the bad thing is, like, it's not like you've got to this point. This is what some of my friends think of, like, because they see like, a successful business on the outside and they think, oh, yeah, he made it. He's done. To be like yeah. sitting back and like, yeah. oh, it's, it's the opposite.
0: And I don't know whether you find the constant consideration about the future of the business. Is constantly playing against having to just keep it going in the on a day to day. Yeah. Because if you don't do the basics, then all that future goes to shit.
1: Exactly. And it's like yes, yeah, about you know the, the spinning plates, and you've got to balance it, and so it's hard to make those decisions. Because I've had a, I've had there was one time a few years ago when I, I wasn't I look back now and I wasn't expanding commercially as quick as I should have been because I was always like. I was like, no, it's a kind of, we'll give you all a great, perfect service and we'll just do this and we won't expand and I was like turning away business. And then a few of the sort of contacts of some of the people we were working with left and suddenly you're just really having to work hard to get your deals with the new people you've got no relationship with yeah. and you, but you've got no, and I was thinking, oh, why the hell did I turn down these deals? Because you've got this person who's just like, yeah, whatever, and you're like, oh, but what about this amazing service you are giving? And so, and that was a lesson for me in terms of you've got to keep your clients happy, but you've also got to keep expanding, and that that that's tricky. Yes,
0: I completely agree with um, that. You've got to maintain that level of service. You've got you've got to but you've
1: got to take risks to move and let stuff go, and you've got a it's a sort of percentage game, isn't it? Number yeah. Is, if if as long as you're getting a good percentage it's working you, you expect somewhere around the edges some things not to be going yeah. perfect and that that's all right yes you know it's like someone said like the, the thing that i remember is it's like if you, if you get to an airport and you you're catching every flight on time and you're never missing a flight you, you get into the airport too early you know you should be should be doing it, but you miss a flight sort of, <laughs> once in ten or once in twenty.
0: There's someone's missed three flights in the last six months. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, I'd, I'd rather be early every okay. time. Okay.
1: <laughs> but you need—you shouldn't be. You, you need to be operating a bit on the edge. Yeah, yeah. You be I know, okay, yeah. But you sound like fine with that, with the, the flights. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible.
0: Uh, no, no, I completely agree with you. If you're not, if you're not taking these risks, then where's the fun? You know, I—I I think I could. I think I could go off and sit in a shed and run Reviewed and Cleared happily for the next 10 years, not doing anything.
1: Mm.
0: But where's the fun in that? It's not what we got into it for, yeah. is it?
1: Also, you, you might that might be a risky way to operate, because you might get yeah. some competitors to come in and probably would, and they'd be like... <laughs> Do it better. Improve on this and that. Yeah. Once you're, you're bunch on the treadmill. <laughs> um, now...
0: This will be an interesting from the outside of of actually working in the profession, but what's your view on lawyers and whether they're entrepreneurial or whether the profession even encourages it? Have you seen a change in... I mean, I've seen little bits and bobs that seem like a good change. Um, But from memory, you know, we're all put into a pardon. We're given work to do. And Mm. I think there's one firm, you you know better than me, who say spend 10% of your billing time thinking about entrepreneurial ideas I yeah. read that this week um, but what's your view on lawyers in general and, and, and how and whether they can be entrepreneurial
1: I think yeah I think lawyers can definitely be entrepreneurial I think but because of the mindset of many lawyers just being a lawyer like worrying about the detail of things it makes it there's probably less a, a lower percentage of potential entrepreneurs in a sample of a hundred lawyers than there would be in a sample of a hundred non-lawyers. I yeah. think that's probably a fair assumption. Yeah. But then actually, the reality is a lot of people who get into law are, are not particularly of a lawyer mindset. They just end up becoming lawyers.
0: How dare you! Um, but yes, you're right. Yeah.
1: And, and so I mean, David, I can't, I can't speak for
0: you. <laughs> no, I'm talking
1: about but, my wife. She hated it uh, from the minute okay. she started. So and 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 yeah, but they, you know. Is she a lawyer? Oh, yeah. yeah, she works. Yeah. She she she
0: went into. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of lawyers do this. They go into an area of law that seems lucrative and seems seems interesting, but turns out not to be particularly interesting. So now she's doing the media law, which obviously I find incredibly ex- interesting, and she enjoys that. Yeah. But previously she was in garden square litigation, and uh, I think a lot of lawyers can get trapped in these. Laws become so compartmentalised, the, the general practitioners sort of disappeared. Mm. And that's where I see a lot of lawyers who aren't particularly happy with the stream they've been put in from a very early part of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those streams discourage movement and dis- in turn discourage entrepreneurism, entrepreneurialism. But, um, I mean, when you're speaking to lawyers, do they... Talk about things they want to do Do they talk about Or or is there still very much a focus I mean I haven't been in private practice for a long time But is there still very much focus on The career stream, partnership
1: Yeah, so um, I think yes there is I mean there's still ultimately partnership They're the ones with the power, the partners And that's the They control the business And I think junior lawyers are still aware of that And I think a lot of them do want to still become partner But there's obviously alternative career paths the, the, the new one that seems to have come through is the idea of you go in, you go go to a, a law firm, do your training, learn about business, and then go off and do your, like, tech startup. up And yeah. I think one of the things that prevents some lawyers doing that is that law is well-paid. And so they, they get into, like, especially if they go into a city law firm and they go do the training contract, then they're on this NQ wage of, you know, like 80 grand, yep. whatever, yeah. and, and it's hard to let them it's hard for them to let go of that at that point. Often they they might, by that stage, they might have got a mortgage, they might have a partner with expensive taste, they might, and they'll get get stuck into that. Whereas I think, um, obviously with stuff like journalism, it's much lower paid, so coming out of it and taking a risk, I suppose you're taking less risk because you're not earning that sort of money. So I I think that's the other thing that traps people, lawyers in, is the money that they're earning. Yes. I think the, there's also this trend of kind of lawyers being entrepreneurial within their law firms without quitting their job. And that, and I've heard quite a lot of people, you know, talk about that because some people say, oh, that, that's a load of rubbish, that's not possible. You can't be entrepreneurial unless it's pure entrepreneurship and you're self-employed and you do it. And
0: oh, no, I know, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I think, you know, you can build things within firms. I've seen it happen.
1: Yes, and but I suppose it's it's the conditions of the firm and thing. What's what's possible and yeah. like the, the high profile example that I always think of is this is like Nigel Knowles or Sir Nigel Knowles, the the guy who like built DLA Piper up from being this fairly small firm in Sheffield to being the biggest law firm in the world. And he, by his own admission, is he, not a great lawyer and he doesn't love the law, but he's like business and that's his thing. Yeah, and he managed to get himself in positions where. You know, he's taking. That's massively entrepreneurial, and he's doing these acquisitions and he's making these big bets, and they're coming off. And but, but I suppose it's you've got to get yourself in that position, and like you, you know, if you can get in that position, great. But then there must be other examples though, where you're just like in some massive corporate law firm, and they're like, oh yeah, be entrepreneurial, and 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 but actually, it's just sort of paying lip service to it.
0: Yeah, it might yeah. just be another way of saying go and get clients. Yeah. Yeah um interesting i'm uh, i'm afraid that's all we've got time for i mean that was really interesting thank you um and if you want to carry on listening to others in the series we'll be speaking some really interesting people in the next couple of weeks